edition of With All Due Respect. Strong opinions on politics, life, and entertainment. Welcome to another edition of With All Due Respect, the podcast that believes if you forget history, you're doomed to repeat it. Hello, everyone. I'm Andrew Halcrow, your host. With me, as always, is Mr. Van Sanders. Mr. Sanders, how are you today? I'm doing pretty well, man. I'm kind of a sun worshiper, so I'm enjoying the weather recently. All right. How's the work coming in the Abu Dhabi lab? It's staying super steady, which is amazing. Um, doing lots of branding work, still lots of 3D work, which is really what I love most. Um, yeah, staying busy. Exciting, exciting stuff going on. And we will throw you Van's website info at the end of the podcast. I would like to thank the Anchorage Daily News for hosting this podcast on their platform and remind listeners that the very strong opinions you will hear on this podcast are mine and mine alone and in no way, shape or form represent the opinions of the Anchorage Daily News or their employees. Today on With All Due Respect, we talk about Mayor-elect Dave Bronson's transition team in downtown history that we shouldn't forget, or we will be doomed to repeat it. In entertainment, we'll talk about the great Federico Fellini, and I'm going to suggest to you the first of many Fellini films you should consider trying. But first, let's talk some politics. Politics. And now, for some politics. This week, Mayor-elect Dave Bronson appointed the co-chairs of his transition team, Craig Campbell and Larry Baker. Both are longtime Alaskans, and both are very familiar with Anchorage politics. However, the Larry Baker appointment triggered a downtown post-traumatic stress that I haven't felt since I was president of the Anchorage Chamber of Commerce. To understand more, we need a history lesson. A history lesson. The years 2013 to 2015 were some of the most dangerous in downtown's history. This was former Mayor Dan Sullivan's final term as mayor, and Larry Baker was his chief of staff during the same time the Sullivan administration had been decimating the police force by 100 officers. The violence downtown was growing out of control. In 2013, Kyle Hopkins of the Anchorage Daily News did a two-page spread on the growing violence downtown. In that article, he wrote about the growing danger, the property destruction that was plaguing downtown. The police called it Barmageddon. They were witnessing a growing surge in violence and criminal activity, not just at Bar Break, but in Town Square as well. The police released videos of the events where you saw people getting assaulted and beaten. One night, a man was shot at Platinum Jacks. Twelve minutes later, another was stabbed two blocks away. Weeks later, a man was beaten to death behind a Fourth Avenue bar. In the fall of 2014, the Anchorage police, understaffed and outnumbered, responded to a riot downtown. Police were outnumbered five to one, even though every officer on shift had responded. The crowd began to get hostile towards police, banging on police vehicles with their hands and threatening officers. In response, APD was forced to mobilize the airport police and the UAA police in full riot gear. This was the first time in history that three different law enforcement agencies were mobilized downtown to quell an uprising. Meanwhile, Town Square Park, directly across the street from City Hall, had become overrun with gang activity. There were assaults, 
muggings, drug use, and drug sales. And not just that, but sexual assaults. APD released photos of everything from open-air drug sales to assaults. In all, the violence and mayhem took a significant toll on downtown small business owners. Nina Romine, owner of the Kobuck adjacent to Town Square, side note, podcast loves Nina and loves the Kobuck, was quoted at the time saying, quote, We have had financial hardship repairing broken windows, cleaning up graffiti, and repairing damage. In fact, she was so concerned about her employees that she curtailed operational hours so her employees didn't have to walk to their cars alone. During this time, I was president of the Anchorage Chamber of Commerce. I found myself spending hours on the phone with downtown merchants and organizations pleading for help because they weren't getting any response from City Hall. Here are four different news headlines from 2013 and 2014. In 2013, Anchorage Daily News, mayhem begins at closing. In November 2014, police don riot gear as street party kicks off mayhem. In December of 2014, another round of bar break violence has downtown business owners worried about downtown. In January of 2015, legacy of bar break violence haunting downtown Anchorage developments. So why was this happening? In my strict opinion, I believe a couple of reasons. During his last term, Sullivan was more interested in running for lieutenant governor than running the city. He was more interested in cutting the police department than addressing the safety issues. Now, according to officers at the time, the best tactic for them was to have an officer simply walk through a bar prior to closing to ensure patrons weren't being overserved. In response to pressure from the bar owners, Sullivan forbid the police chief from allowing officers to enter the bars. Why? Is it any coincidence that bar owners complain to the mayor because having a police officer walking through your bar at midnight might decrease sales? Or is it any coincidence that the liquor industry is one of the largest contributors to political campaigns? This meant instead of being proactive, the outmanned officers had to wait until several hundred people were released onto the street intoxicated. According to the former police chief and several officers at the time, the walkthroughs at closing time were their most effective tool in ensuring patrons weren't being overserved. During my time as president of the Anchorage Chamber of Commerce, we tried to blow the whistle. In our January 2014 cover of our quarterly magazine, it was about the violence downtown. In presentations to local groups, I highlighted that the police force was short 100 officers, that local businesses were suffering, and the mayor wasn't doing a damn thing about it. After one presentation at the Anchorage Hilton, by the time I had walked the six blocks back to my office, Mayor Sullivan's office had called my board chairman and asked him to shut me up. With all due respect, why the hell do these conservative Republicans keep complaining to my boss? First it was Sullivan calling my board chair at the chamber to shut me up. Then it was Governor Dunleavy calling the mayor to shut me up. Good God, y'all. You just need to do your damn job. Then I'll be quiet. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what happens when you have a mayor who has more interest in appeasing bar owners than ensuring a safe downtown. Today, you simply don't hear about those problems. Why? Because over the last six years, steps have been taken to curb these problems, to clean up Town Square, police force that is finally at full strength, and the reality that bar owners face a mayor with a backbone instead of a wishbone. Now, downtown will always have its challenges with vagrancy and homelessness. That's the thing about downtown. It is the only real walkable place in town. So if you're homeless or a vagrant, that's the place to go. However, this was a case of a mayor and obviously a chief of staff who also did little or nothing in response to major violence happening downtown for either purely political reasons 
or they just didn't think it was a priority. But I have to tell you, I don't think I experienced anything as heartbreaking as listening to those small business owners plead for help. I mean, windows were being shot out, employees were being harassed. It was a bad time for downtown during a time when the city had so much money. And I mean so much money that Mayor Sullivan tried to build a $10 million tennis court, that the city could have addressed these problems, comforted downtown business owners, and improved safety. But they didn't. The fact that Mayor Sullivan's office called my board chair and tried to silence me about talking about the problems downtown instead of trying to solve them really says it all. Larry Baker was chief of staff during this entire time. Downtown was on fire. Now, I'm not commenting on the work he will do for Mayor Alec Bronson. I am commenting that history should not be forgotten or we will be forced to repeat it. And now, entertainment. Entertainment. All right, let's talk entertainment. Fifteen years ago, I discovered the wonderful films of famed Italian film director Federico Fellini. In the coming weeks, I will offer recommendations for five of my top favorite Fellini films. The first movie is Armacord, A-M-A-R-C-O-R-D, which in Italian means, I remember. The movie is a 1973 Italian comedy drama film directed by Fellini, which is a semi-autobiographical tale about Tita, an adolescent boy growing up among an eccentric cast of characters in a small Italian village in 1930s fascist Italy. The titular role of Tita is indeed based on Fellini's childhood friend from Rimini. Tita's sentimental education is emblematic of Italy's lapse of conscience during those fascist years. Fellini, who was a rabid anti-fascist, skewers Mussolini and the Catholic Church, which embraced fascism during the Mussolini years, by mocking himself and his fellow villagers in comic scenes that underline their incapacity to adopt genuine moral responsibility. The film won an Oscar for Best Foreign Language, along with a host of other awards. I love this film so much, and it feels it's one of Fellini's best. The film is the equivalent of comfort food for me, just a heartwarming tale of the year in a life of a small village and its fascinating characters. Sometimes Fellini's movies are steeped in a lot of symbolism that can be difficult to grasp, but this movie is as straightforward as it gets. And he provides a comical and sometimes tragic commentary of life in fascist Italy. What I loved about this movie was everything. The characters, the dialogue, the setting, the storyline. I highly recommend this movie, especially if this is your first Fellini movie. The film, again, is called Amacord. It's available on Amazon Prime Video. I think everyone will enjoy this Fellini classic. There is the music, my friends, and that means our time is up. Please join us next week when in our life segment, we will talk about critics and ponder out loud what happened to the really smart ones. Dan, how about throwing us your website deets? Thanks, Andrew. Yeah, if you visit abodabobrand.com, that's A-B-O-D-A-B-O-B-R-A-N-D.com, you can see a little bit more about what I do and uh, touch base with me. That's our time, ladies and gentlemen, and we thank you for yours. 